Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the My Fantasy Fix DFS football podcast. My name is Bennett Carroll, joined, as always, by Skeeter Robinson. Skeeter, how you doing? I'm doing great. This is just such a busy week. It's the golf playoffs, but now week one of NFL. We've been waiting for this since probably May, or heck, I can't have been waiting for this since the Super Bowl ended. So, excited for football to be back. Let's go. Yeah, it's it is great. At the time of recording, we are less than forty eight hours from the opener of Week One. That would be the Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons, and there are some special DFS contests for just that game. This is amazing that you know in what a year's time we they introduced one you know one game slates. Now there's a millimaker maker for a one game slates like. It just blows my mind that they're able to do this, and and you know what? they're they're going to fill it too, which is or they'll probably come close to filling it, which it just absolutely blows my mind. Um, not sure I'm playing much of the one game slates. It hasn't been my my specialty, but maybe I'll throw in a team just for fun. Yeah, it's it's always a little wild, and I think with the with the captain especially, it starts to get crazy. Uh, the prices they don't quite double. They are uh, they one point five x, which is only fair. The points our 1.5x with the captain, which I think is a very cool feature. It's a it's an easy way in a millimaker, maker, at least a little bit easier. It separates your lineup just that little bit more. So you don't have to say, you don't have the same lineup as a hundred thousand people, maybe just twenty-five thousand people. <laughs> How many people are even in this? Is it, is it like two point be two hundred ninety-four point one thousand? I mean uh, boy, I think you're gonna have to leave salary on the table if you want a unique lineup, because I I mean there's so many combinations. Uh, yeah, I know the captain mode certainly distinguishes a little bit, but boy, if you're trying to win the million solo, you've got. I think you're going to have to leave some salary on the table or go with some really weird pick at captain and hope that it hits. Yeah, I think the the go-to normal pick, I believe, is wide receiver one at captain. Uh, I think it's a little bit situational. So you could go Julio. Or if you want to really go a little wild, I think would be uh, would be Nelson Aguilar. I don't I don't know if I trust Nelson Aguilar enough, but that, <laughs> you, you know, for the Millie maker, it might be worth it. Or maybe if I channel my inner Michael Waldo, um, Mike Wallace. Oh wow, yeah. Like he has been sold on Mike Wallace all ye- all preseason. So you nobody is going. First of all, I'm not sure many people are going to play Mike, Mike Wallace let alone play him in the captain mode. But isn't that kind of what you want? You want that home run deep threat. Jeffrey's question, actually, no, Jeffrey's out. So Wallace is going to have to be the second receiver in that game. In captain mode, he's only 7,200. 7, you can throw him into captain mode, and you can basically take care of the quarterbacks and whoever else you really want to play. Yeah, it, it's this weird thing where he's really – he's a solid salary relief option almost who can still, as a captain, really burn some points for you. And yeah, as you said, that that lets you get both quarterbacks in there pretty easily. Matt Ryan at ten point two, Nick Foles at ninety eight. Nick Foles at ninety eight hundred. And if you put the three of them in, you still have an average salary of seventy six hundred, uh, which makes it pretty easy to get just about anyone else you want in that lineup. But actually, the one that I'm, you know, if I do play the slate, the one who I'm going to look at because I've just been taking him in every single season long draft, and he's only forty five hundred captain mode. Corey Clement. Like, I think he's going to have a role in this Eagles offense. Like, I don't think it's just going to be a Jai all three downs. We saw Clement get some increased usage during the playoffs in the Super Bowl. I think he's a legit threat. And 4,500, I, th- I think people are just going to overlook him, especially in the captain mode. He's kind of my – I think that's kind of the way I would lean if I'm not going Mike Wallace as an absolute dart throw. Yeah, I would say it's it, – I actually – that's a really good call. I like Corey Clement a lot this year, as you said, late round grab for me in my season long leagues. Uh, with him and the captain, I'm just, I feel like, I I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I would make that play though, but I'm a uh, I'm I like to be a little bit more conservative in my uh, DFS plays. And of course, you know, also don't forget the kickers, which I know we don't like drafting kickers, but in this format, where you know, if this becomes like a 16 13 type of game and possibly could if you get the right kicker get you 14 points i could play large in, in this type of game and again i don't know how many people are going to go towards the kickers what i'm going to be curious for is when i did the uh, 
when I did this a few times during preseason, the defenses were so highly owned. I'd be curious to see what the defenses are going to be owned as far as the showdown slate goes. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people might be on the Falcons' defense just because, to me at least, it feels like the Eagles are so banged up. And I know that Jay Ajayi is playing. And obviously Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey aren't. But Jay Ajayi is coming off a little bit of a, an injury. Um, a couple other guys, like I can't, I'm blanking on who the name is. Mac Hollins is out. So they're, they're missing pieces so that it's not a fully stocked Eagles offense. The problem that I've always had with playing a defense is if you do play, because it's a showdown, you have to play someone on the offense still. And I can't yeah. play the kicker, but like, you know, it's, it's that tough kind of tightrope. I will say I played a, a showdown captain mode in week zero of college football, and I won a ton of money because I'm a weirdo who knows about UMass football. <laughs> uh, well, you, you went there, so that's that's allowed. I uh, I believe finished third in a 150-man tournament because I played the, their starting quarterback as the captain, not their number one receiver. <laughs> that's all right. I, I played college football last week, and – Boy, I had some great hits and I had some absolute duds. So it happens. Yeah, see, I'm still still new to the college game for me, so it's kind of getting used to it beyond that. But oh, it's it's fun, especially if you get like those Texas Tech Baylor games where the over under is like 85, and it's just like it's just back and forth points. Like, oh, this is great to watch. Yeah, I would say I I don't think there's something that's more fun than a, like a a peak Big Twelve game because that is just defense doesn't matter. It's up and down. Literally, a team can never will never be out of a game. Right. Well, unless you're Kansas, then well, <laughs> they're, they're, can be... they're only Big Twelve by by basketball association. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. But anyways, let's let's get let's get into this the main slate, the Sunday one p.m. slate. I know we did an episode a couple weeks ago, kind of previewing it, but let's revisit it. Let's start. It's the most important position in football. That is the defense and spet. No, we'll start with <laughs> we'll start with the quarterback. Start with those guys at the top again. Uh, I really like Drew Brees this week. I think that Tampa Bay defense is still terrible. Chris Conti is playing for them, and oh no, right? That's all you need to. Oh say. no. <laughs> Chris Conti to, to two former Bears fans. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, the, the, there are things I can't say on this uh, podcast or would prefer not to say on this podcast that go before his name. It starts with an F, and it rhymes with truck. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will go there. <laughs> but, yeah, I think of of those those top four guys, <laughs> that's uh, Brady, Newton, Breeze, and Watson. I think Breeze is the, one of those four that I like the most. What about you? See, I'm not on Breeze think and i just wonder how much norland really has to pass in this game like i don't know i can see this being like 24-3 at halftime norland's like okay well it's time for kamara and maybe boston scott but if i'm paying up i think i'm looking at that houston new england game and i'm sure everybody else is going to i think it's the highest over under i don't have the totals in front of me i'll have to look that up but Tom Brady at 7200 houston's pass defense was brutal a year ago and i'm not sure they improved the only concern there is they have like three healthy receivers and Gronk, so that's a slight concern. But maybe maybe Deshaun Watson for five hundred cheaper with his rushing upside. We also know New England's pass defense not very good. My only concern with Watson is New England will probably take away Hopkins. So you know if they're comfortable enough with um, Will Fuller and oh who's the other was it Braxton Miller and I forget who the other. I think Miller got cut. I'm I'm blanking. Oh. Bruce Ellington is the uh, guy I was thinking of who seems to show up from time to time for Houston. So I'm probably not paying up. If I am, it's probably, again, Brady or Watson. I don't think Cam Newton's a horrible play. It just – I think I'd rather take Watson for 200 cheaper I, with similar upside. Yeah, I just – I know how well he played for five games last year. I am just not sold on Deshaun Watson long-term, which I know <sighs> – is blasphemy. How dare I? I just, I am willing to not, I just, I'm not sold on him yet, personally. No, I, I don't think that's a bad 
week. I mean, as you said, it was five games, and I think people are treating it like it was 16. So I certainly think there's reason there. But I thought, I think you see the potential there that maybe he's not as elite as that, or we're not ready to declare that yet. But you know there's something there with all that upside. I mean, after all, they do have Lamar Miller as a running back, so it's not exactly like they have a stellar running game. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I I think he's a good play. I just don't know if I'd play him the first couple of weeks. You know? I think that's fair. Like I said, I'm probably not playing him, but he might be the one I would if I was paying up. All right. In season-long leagues, uh, quarterback is incredibly deep. I think the DFS world, not quite as deep, but let's let's take a little bit of a deeper plunge that next level. Which quarterbacks do you prefer? Well, there's two that stand out to me here. One is Phillip Rivers. Um the Chiefs, even in a preseason, their defense is giving up points left and right. And I mean, this, this I think is a sneaky game, and I don't. I almost wonder if this is going to become the trendy sneaky game where people are like, "Oh, hey, Chargers Chiefs, going to be a lot of points in this one." Nobody's getting on it, so I kind of hope it quiet. You know, I kind of hope people focus more on the Saints, more on New England, Houston. But Philip Rivers, sixty four hundred, is fairly cheap. I mean, it's eight hundred less than Brady. He's in a phenomenal match against Kansas City. I'm trying to see what he did last year. Um, actually, yeah, he didn't really have any two good years against uh, two good games against the Chiefs. But that Chiefs d- defense is so decimated. I think you can go him. And I mentioned this on the first show we did. I'm going to stick with it. Um, Russell Wilson at 6,200 is just way too cheap for a guy who literally is the Seattle offense. I know Denver uh, did struggle a little bit against the run, so maybe Chris Carson, which, by the way, I think was a sleeper pick of yours the first time we did this before the preseason games, he might get involved, but I think Russell Wilson is going to have to throw and run a lot for Seattle to have any chance in this game. People are going to be scared off because they're going to look at and see, oh, Denver, third least points against uh, quarterbacks a year ago. At 6,200, I'm going to take the talents over the matchup in price, and I really like Russell Wilson at this price. Yeah, I agree. Just going back to Phillip Rivers, to be clear, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chase Daniel torched this started. <laughs> well, he obliterated them. Wait, 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 Ben, Ben, that's a revenge game though for him. So oh, you know that's extra motivation. I forgot. You're right. Yeah. No, you're right. That's the Matt Nagy revenge game. That he went out there with a game plan to to embarrass his performance team. But that's all I'm saying about Kansas City's defense. Is Chase Daniel, the definition of the clipboard warrior, a guy who's earned a bazillion dollars never throwing a pass torch them so hey it's good work if you can find it yeah oh for sure I, I, the dream is a third string quarterback <laughs> oh man a chance to oh. in and you get paid out no matter what but that's Russell, right yeah i i am so done with being afraid of playing that denver defense they are older they're just there are pieces that are no longer there i think russell wilson will have an excellent game for seattle I'm trying to look at Denver's points allowed. Uh, yeah, last couple games last year, 21 to Kansas City Week 17, 27 to Washington, 13 to the Colts, well, zero to the Jets, but, you know, Jets offense last year was abysmal anyway. 25-21-20. I can even give a 51 to Philadelphia. Like, this, I, th- I think both defenses in that game are reputation-based, and I don't think they're quite as good, and I think you can pick on them. And, again, uh, when I do the ownership show with uh, – Michael and Phil Backer tomorrow night on my fantasy fix. Uh, they'll actually be on the site. Won't be on his feeds, and yet it is going to be premium. You will have to subscribe. I'm going to be curious to see what the ownership is, initial ownership on Russell Wilson is, because I think he's underpriced. If people are just going to be scared off of him, fine with me. I will gladly take him. All right, we like you said, we we did another episode of this before the uh, the preseason games, before Andrew Luck threw a football on a field. He threw a football on a field, might not have gone more than 20 yards, but he's done it. At 6,100, is there any interest for you in Andrew? I mean, if you mass multi-entering tournaments, sure. Only because, you know, he's at home. It's been a little better home stats. He's got he's got T.Y. Hilton. I'm not, I'm not sold on the Bengals' defense being elite. So, plus, I mean, when Luck's healthy, he's a top-three quarterback. So... I don't mind the chance, but again, my problem here is he's $100 cheaper than Russell Wilson, who we, who's been healthy, who's played the past couple of years. I'd just rather pay up the extra 100 for Wilson. But I don't mind luck as a deep tournament play. For sure. I say that, that was the kind of thing 
maybe if I'm making two lineups, I wouldn't have done it. But if I was down to five or six and just looking to change it up a little bit, I think that would have been the play with taking Wilson out and putting Luck in. All right, let's go. Let's go cheap. Let's go like three or four full page downs. On the oh, man. Who are you looking at very cheap for your quarterback in a tournament? Well, I'm going to go back to what I said, you know. We're talking about the Denver defense being maybe a reputation-based. I think the Seattle defense is reputation-based. And Case Keenum at 5,100 isn't going to do anything spectacular. Like, if you even look at his games logs last year, he has some 20-pointers, but for the most part, 17, 18 points. If he does that, that's nearly 3.5x against Seattle where people aren't going to want to play him. He's, he, he seems like Emmanuel Sanders. They have Royce Freeman now. Demarius Thomas is still there. Cortland Sutton has emerged. Like 5100 I think it's a bargain price for a quarterback who should be in a solid situation. I think he's even cash game playable at that price. Yeah, I, I think the Seattle defense is, is toast at this point. They just – it feels like last year was the last cry of like a warrior kind of thing, and they just have sputtered out. I just – I am targeting them just about every week that I can this year. Uh, I don't think they're going to be good at all. And I think that if, that is only going to help that Russell Wilson call that you had, which is they're going to be from behind, playing from behind for most, if not all, of the game, and Wilson will have to throw more and run more. And in the, in the second half of the season last year, where he's running for his life every single play. Yeah, they have not improved that offensive line either. No, they're like the Colts; like they draft every position except the offensive line, and they both star quarterbacks. Huh, I wonder why they get hurt sometimes. Yeah, it's. It's one of those things where you go, I know I'm not a GM, but, like, I could probably do that a little bit better. Okay, so since you're on Drew Brees, if you think the Saints are going to score a lot, are you, do you have any interest in Ryan Fitzpatrick, then, if you think Tampa Bay's got to throw the entire second half? He's only 5,000. Yeah, but we could also get six-pick Fitzpatrick. <laughs> like, he's that kind of guy where I'd probably feel a lot more comfortable taking a wide receiver than taking the quarterback in that matchup. Like, I I, I just don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick, but if he's getting the ball out, I'd take a Mike Evans. I'd take one of the tight ends, uh, but I I just don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I got, I got another here for you later on. It's a value wide receiver, so I don't mind in that game. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let, let's, let's jump to the backs. Let's go to RB. We know, uh, well, as of now, Le'Veon Bell at... 10.43 p.m. on September 4th. Le'Veon Bell has not reported a practice yet. But assuming he re- reports, assuming he plays, uh, what is your interest in Le'Veon Bell? Pass. Um, same, back. same situation a year ago, except you know, he actually reported by now. The same situation where he held out the preseason, week one at Cleveland, 10 carries, 32 yards. Even if he reports, Pittsburgh's already been saying that they might not let him be the starter. They might not give him carries. Like, he only put up 7.7 points in that game. I don't really want to pay 9400 for a guy who's now in this dispute coming off. No no work at all. I, I think this is a pass for me at 9400 There's some other guys I like cheaper. There's even some receivers I like around the same price I'd rather pay for. Alright, well, you said they, he might not be starting. If, if there's a confirmation that he won't be the starter... Is there interest in James Conner from you? At forty five hundred, I certainly. I at this point, I would say yes. I just, I think this would be a ownership type of play. Like if everybody's flocking to Conner at forty five hundred, I will gladly play the fade because I think Cleveland's front seven is actually decent enough to maybe slow him down a little bit. But if no, but but again, if he's going to come in, say seven, eight, nine percent owned. At 4,500 for a starting running back in a pretty good offense, and one that I think could be up, you know, 10 points come the third or fourth quarter, I'll take a shot on him at 4,500. Yeah, that that's kind of the way I was looking at it. It's if he be, if he's officially the starter, and uh, you know, going as far as how who knows how little Le'Veon Bell would play, but if he becomes the starter, I think he becomes a scratch, like you know, a spot every every single person in the world. We'll have James Conner marked as the lineup, and at that point, it was see, I don't know if everybody's going to own him week one because so many values, especially at wide receiver. Like this is week five where 
there's no values out there and this comes up, then yeah, he's 30% owned. I'm curious to see what his initial ownership projections will be tomorrow night. And once I kind of have a clear idea on that, then maybe we'll try to figure out whether or not he's worth a play or not. For sure. Let's, uh, besides Le'Veon Bell, let's go to the, the other guys at the top. Uh, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Zeke, and Leonard Fournette, the other running backs, all over 7,000. Uh, what is your interest? Let's start with Kamara because we were talking about that New Orleans game. Yeah, I mean, this is just like a perfect game situation tomorrow. I know he's going to be like Deshaun Watson a little bit where everybody's on him because they're excited about his performances last year. And I realize regression is going to happen. I'm not sure this is the game against Tampa Bay. He tore them apart a couple uh, in both games last year. Let me pull up. Yeah, he had 30.8 points in the second game against Tampa Bay. First game, he had 32.2. So a lot of it was receiving, some rushing in there. Too. Actually, most of it was receiving. 8,500, there's, I mean, literally the only guys behind him are Boston Scott, who nobody probably heard of until Saturday or Sunday, and Mike Gillisley, who they just plucked off the waivers after New England released him. Like, I know Sean Payne said they're not going to overwork Kamara. I think week one they almost have to until Gillisley gets gets up to speed, and maybe they'll give Scott some carries. But I think 8,500, I love the price of Kamara. I also like David Johnson at 8,800. When he's at his peak, he's a 10,000K-plus player. And it's not like Washington's elite defense. 23rd against running backs a year ago. 8,800 I still feels like a bargain, especially where in Arizona we know the targets are going to go to him and Larry Fitzgerald. That's about it. So as far as the market share for David Johnson, love loved the upside there, love the price, 8,800. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I'm a big David Johnson guy. His injury actually screwed me in a host league. I got him too <laughs> Oh no! The real shot, and that it was gone in an instant. But let's you know, let's look a little bit farther down, uh, past Zeke, past Fournette. Uh, let's start looking at the rookie Saquon Barkley. Uh, what's your interest in him going against Jacksonville? I know he has a real defense, but you could run against or last year you could run against Jacksonville. I, but they're they're like a good enough defense. And there's still enough uncertainty that I pay 6700 for Barkley because I guess in the end, do I think he gets 100 yards? My answer is no. If I don't think he gets 100 yards and a touchdown, it's hard to justify that price. The problem is I think he becomes a really good pivot if you don't want to get on Christian McCaffrey at 6400 who on a PPR site like DraftKings literally might be the highest-owned player in the, on the week. Yeah, my next question was going to be about McCaffrey. Uh, with the full PPR, he is a monster. And I, that, that that Dallas defense, Sean Lee is healthy, I think, finally. Uh, but even still, they, they just aren't that deep of a defense uh, that I'm worried about anyone stopping him. No, like, I agree. And if you're going to do that, you know, if you want to pivot off of him, I'd almost rather take a shot on Melvin Gordon for $100 more. Or maybe Kareem Hunt for 200 more. If we think this Kansas City Charger game is going to be a shootout, you know, maybe Kansas City tries to control the ball a little bit with Hunt, who can also catch out of the backfield. I, I, I'm curious to see what those running backs could go on their own because they're in this kind of middle tier between McCaffrey, between Kamara and Johnson. I think they're both in play. Is there any concern for you with Hunt? Uh, the guy who kind of reinvigorated him last year is gone. And it looks like uh, the play calling duties have gone back to Andy Reid. Is there any concern uh, that he kind of gets lost in the shuffle? A little bit, but I mean, I know Spencer Ware is back, but what? Who else are they going to run? I mean, you would hope Andy Reid might have learned a lesson when he didn't, you know, when when Hunt went through that tough uh, midseason stretch where nothing was happening, and when Nagy finally started playing making the play calls hunt was all of a sudden back to being fantasy relevant. I get the concern. So maybe he's more of a tournament play. You play at McCaffrey and cash when you play McCaffrey in tournaments as well, but maybe hunch is a tournament play that you're trying to, if you're trying to stack the charters, Chiefs game and try to be unique. Maybe he's your option there. Right. That's yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking was I don't, I don't love him, but he's a, he's a, I almost want to say he's a million maker play, but he's probably not even deep enough to be that. He's a he's kind of like a, a second or third lineup through kind of guy. 
I don't know. I think in a million, he does have four or five X potential. So I th- and again, if, if he's going to be, he, I bet he's sub five percent owned. So I think that's a good combination at Millie Maker. All right, I'll, I'll write that one down. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> um, and when it fails, you know exactly. Oh yeah, oh yeah, exactly <laughs> where to turn. I have him on speed dial. Uh, yeah. Let's go another step down because we've talked about those top guys. Those are still really. For me, at least, if we're looking big price, those are or, or big names. Those are the big name guys. A little bit below, you've got guys like Alex Collins, Derek Henry, and Lamar Miller. Uh, of those three, uh, which ones? Which ones kind of interest you? Um, Alex Collins. Okay, this is my fa- this. This tends to be. I think it's going to be my favorite combination this week. I love the Ravens defense because I just think Nathan Peterman is just in for another rough game. Like. I don't know how Buffalo scores 10 points. One of the correlations that we've seen in winning Millie Maker lineups or even winning tournament lineups is team defense and the running back, especially we think Baltimore might be running the clock out come third, fourth quarter. So for me, Alex Collins at 5,600, I think he has that 100-yard potential with some touchdown upside. And again, if I'm, pl- if I'm so high in the Ravens defense, let me take Collins, who at least towards the end of the year was getting 18, 20 carries. Had uh, two 100-yard games last year. Had a few in the 80s. Like I think he. I know people are are wondering about Kenneth Dixon, but I'm not worried about Dixon yet. I think Collins did enough second half last year to prove he's ready for the Ravens. And at 5600, yeah, I mean he's a better Fanduel play because that's more half-point PPR, and he's not much of a receiving threat. It's like, but he he had a couple catches every game. But 5600, I'm willing to take the uh, the non-PPR aspect of him and ride him into hopefully three four X. Yeah, I uh, he was kind of the one I was interested in too, uh, especially of those three. Uh, Henry will split the carries, and, and I never liked Lamar Miller. Um, no, no, just in in any aspect. No, no offense to you personally, I've never met you, Lamar, but I just it, on the field, I'm just not a fan. No, the only Texan running back I ever liked, Alfred Blue, because I think he was part of my best. Uh, the one I won fifteen hundred dollars a few years ago, he was my running back there, and he actually had a decent I think game. He's so. still on that team, which is he weird. is, he's and he's the backup. I say he's been their third running back since uh, Arian Foster was on the team, and he's and he's the backup now with Donta Foreman on pup. So, I could be ready for some Alfred Blue. That could be interesting. All right, let's go. Let's go cheap. Let's go bottom of the barrel punt play. What running backs are you looking at? Um, well, if uh, this one will be interesting, Jerry McKinnon goes out, Alfred Morris named the starter. Morris is only 3,600. So I'm going to be curious to see, are people going to play him because he's a starting running back or are they going to look and say, Oh, it's the Vikings number one run defense, but he's 3,600. Like I'm, I'm curious to see how that one plays out again. That's going to be another one. If ownership is, you know, if everybody's on Morris, I'll gladly fade. If if everybody's scared of that th- of that number one defense, then I'm willing to take a chance on him. Yeah, that that was kind of the way I was go- I was thinking with it. It's it's you get that kind of if you can get that kind of usage out of him, where you know he's going to start, even if he's playing a great defense. If he's going to get the carries, and you can get a low percent low ownership low ownership percentage. Uh, it's definitely, for me at least, it's worth giving him at least one shot if you're playing a few lineups. Um, but I guess the chalk in this range is probably Royce Freeman at 4,500 now that he's been named the starter in Denver and the way his preseason was. I mean, it makes sense. There might be a reason to get off the tournament. It is a rookie in his first game. I know Seattle's not a great defense, and this could be a positive game script, but Boy, rookie, chalky rookies in game one, you know, that's something I think over the long run has to be negative value. So if he's getting, if he's getting sense, I'll play him in cash, but I won't play him in tournaments. Yeah, I see. I think I might be the opposite way. Uh, if I'm not sure about a guy, I don't think I can play him in the cash game, but, but he's the kind of play where he is a, a whack. He's, you know, he's very cheap, which makes him. His ownership's going to be a little bit higher, I guess. But, you know, a guy who I'm unsure of but has that potential is the kind of guy I'm more likely to play at the tournament, I think. So would you play him or Chris Carson in a tournament? Um, 
both. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I might go with both. Uh, but it'll be hey, it'll be controlled build if you play Freeman and Carson in the same lineup and just I think, load up on receivers. Yeah, I think that's actually what I normally I try to do is I'll I'll go cheap at running back, but uh, I don't really like Chris Carson that much either, to be honest. Oh, you threw him out. You threw him out in the first show and. Boy, I, I watched some of those Denver preseason games, and they were getting gashed by like Latavius Murray and Jordan Howard and a couple others. So I just I don't I don't I don't I can't imagine that Rashad Penny isn't getting carries. Like, is he out or is he is he gonna be back for that game? I thought I read he was gonna be fine to play. Okay, uh, yeah, cast removed from his broken finger. Yeah, uh, so like okay, uh, so it was Chris Carson yeah, So like um. Go ahead. No, I that 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 was my point. It was just like I, if you take a running back in the first round, I feel like he's got to be getting some carry, like be taking some carries, especially in a game against a poor run defense. I don't know. Okay, so this is interesting. So I just decided to build a lineup. What if I play James Conner, Royce Freeman at forty five hundred, Alfred Morris at thirty six hundred, and I decided to throw in the Ravens defense? I have sixty seven twenty left for a QB, three receivers, and tight end. Boy, you could build you could build a, basically any way you want. If you, and you know what, Connor Freeman, Connor Freeman, and Morris all could be number one running backs come Sunday. That is a Bennett Carroll lineup. <laughs> right half it, it's stars and scrubs, but it's literally it's just these guys. Oh, if they can do anything, that'd be so cool. Hopefully, they do something. Well, they don't have to do much. Right. That's just, the thing. Just something, just enough to get me some points that so that everyone else can eat. And yeah, that is that is a Bennett Carolina <laughs> T. Is how how many points can I squeeze out of these guys uh, to get everyone else the points I need? All right. All right. Let's let let's move to receiver now. Uh, Assuming you go cheap on those running backs and you have all the money in the world to spend on that <laughs> who are the top guys you're looking at? Well, I'm not going to fool around. It's Antonio Brown. Again, he, he's got a great history against the Browns. Last year, 11 for 182 in the season opener game. And uh, he didn't play week 17. That's right. He didn't need to play the, against the Browns. But I know that we'd always like Antonio Brown, the Pittsburgh passing game on the road. But Browns sometimes can tr- can be kind of a little transcendent as far as, you know, you're able to play him on the road. He had some really good w- road performances. I think I've seen two or three road games where he was over 30 points. So I know th- I know that you usually want to play him at home, but E600 is not a bad price for him at Cleveland. I kind of like Antonio Brown, which, by the way, if you want to play him, you might want to play him this week because – I don't know if you've looked at the schedule. Would you like to take, take a guess who Pittsburgh plays week two is, is, at home? Is it Cleveland again? No, no. Worst defense. Oh, uh, worst defense. I... Very bad pass defense. Uh, I... we've, already, we've already bashed them. Oh, that's that doesn't help. <laughs> I hate most defenses. Uh, Kansas the... City. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's, oh, that's a nice you want. <laughs> You want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown stacks with Juju week two? There you go. God, yeah. I mean that game. That that game could be Big Twelve esque. Yeah, I say that. That's uh, how many guys from the same offense can I fit into a, a lineup? Just so, don't play Darius Hayward Bay. <laughs> I was gonna say Mike Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> no, wrong Pennsylvania team. Oh my bad. Um, all right. Taking a step down, we were talking about the potential potential for a shootout in that uh, Houston New England game. Any interest in DeAndre Hopkins? No. Um, one thing the Patriots t- tend to do, you know, they're maybe not as effective in the past, is that they still will probably make sure that Hopkins doesn't beat them. And in this matchup last year, seven for seventy six, which is fine, but at eighty three hundred, you need a lot. More. I don't think he's ever had any great games against the Patriots. So I'm going to pass on Hopkins in that game. If I want to, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to take the cheap flyers and Will Fuller, or again Bruce Ellington is a complete home run play. Kiki Kute is the other one who you might take a look at. Uh, he's questionable. Ellington, yeah, but he he's a guy who I think is going to have a, a solid role this year. Well, if he plays, that's a million man. Because he's people won't play him because of that Q. So and I mean, but three thousand dollars, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 
No, if I'm gonna, if I'm, not, if I'm looking to pay him for a second receiver, it's probably Keenan Allen in that game. The Chiefs' worst, worst thirty seconds against the pass a year ago. Um, you know, I know they just signed Gates, but I still think at least early on, Rivers will be looking at Keenan Allen's way quite a bit. I mean, there was what half half his games last year, he had at least ten targets, and seventy five hundred seems a little cheap on him in this game, so. I will take my shares of Rivers and Allen, stack them together, maybe throw in a Mike Williams just for the triple stack with the Chargers. I'm trying not to say San Diego, but it still should be San Diego. I agree with James, I agree with James Adams on that, by the way. It should be San Diego. But 7500 is a pretty nice price. $1,100 discount for Antonio Brown. He'd probably be my second receiver in this range. Yeah. I got one more, I got one more for you once uh, you're done. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen's actually one of my favorite people in season long and in DFS. I have him in about half my season, my half my uh, season long teams. I've often reached to get him, but yeah, I absolutely agree. Again, we're t- we t- we're talking about a, before feasting on this terrible defense, and you know, even if it's not as much in the red zone, you know, Philip Rivers is going to hit him with as many targets as he can. Right. My third one and. I- I, I wish I could remember how to find this, but um, I was, so I was listening to a podcast about a month ago, and they were interviewing somebody from Pro Football Focus, and they were saying that Odell Beckham Jr. has like his when he plays against elite corner, his production rate actually goes up. So he should see some Jalen Rams here in this matchup at seven thousand dollars. This is probably like an Odell or like a Russell Wilson. Talents greater than a price thrives in tough matchups. We've seen against Josh Norman kind of take care of that. I think seven thousand is going to be really tempting, and I'm not sure many people are going to be on him for that reason. They're all scared of the Jacksonville defense. That's that's interesting because obviously, yeah, Norman was the first thought it went to with their their antics for the cu- a couple of years there. I'm trying to I'm, I'm going to try to find this. He yeah I he is so talented. I'm my only worry with that offense is even with him, you know, he's Odell Beckham Jr. No question. <laughs> there are like four guys you're going to be targeting, you know, like from la- you know two years ago when he was unbelievable, it was really just him, and last year it was him with a little bit of Shepard and a little bit of the tight end, and now you're, you're getting the three of them, and you're throwing in a running back who can catch the ball, and all, like it's just. I'm not worried about him getting some targets. I just, in this kind of game with him against Ramsey, it does worry me a little bit, even still. Right. So, okay. I found it, it was Scott Barrett of, uh, Scott Barrett of pro football focus. He averages 16.4 fantasy. Oh no, that's some, that's never mind. That's even first odd week uh, issues, but no, he was the one and I can't find the exact stats, but he, he excels in, Against elite corners, and I'm, I'll, I'll keep trying to see if I can find this at all. Let me scroll down a little bit. We'll, we might have to come back to him. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll circle back around to him. Uh, let's let's take a step down from those top guys. Look at guys, and really that the the six thousands will take will will frame it as from uh, Adam Thielen down to Chris Hogan. Uh, who's who's your top guy from that group? You know, early, it's funny. Early in draft season, I was a big uh, Adam Thielen guy, but then watching a couple of Minnesota preseason games, it looked like Kirk Cousins was throwing this stuff on digs a lot. I'm not, I'm not sold as 49ers defense is any better than what we saw last year. And if Diggs is the touchdown threat, 6,300. I look at the games last year, he was averaging around 15, 17 fantasy points. Threw up a couple of monster games. He seems to be Cousins' favorite target. I He's my favorite tournament play in this range. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd go to him in cash. I don't think there's a need to. But against the 49ers, and if he's Cousins' favorite target, I think at 6,300, he has a good chance for a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I... I he's the, Stephon Diggs has been the one I've been going to uh, over Thielen in most of the, the lineups I've been looking at making. Uh, is it possible that he's been throwing more towards Diggs because Thielen hasn't been 100%? That could be. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. 
receiver, but he, in this case, Diggs is 600 cheaper. Maybe that makes Steelen, especially with that Q by his name, maybe that makes him the lower owned guy. But I still think I'd rather take my chance on Stefan Diggs. Maybe I get, uh, and I'm just thinking about this again. If I run this Chargers Chiefs game, if I think Kansas City's got to throw to keep pace, maybe this is Tyreek Hill time at 6,500. Yeah, I I think Tyreek Hill's still going to be that that huge. You know, he, he'll get his carries and his passes and all that kind of stuff for him. And yeah, I think they could be coming in from behind the whole game. And you've got and two, you've got a guy who likes to throw it deep for him. Right. And in two games against the Chargers last year, 18.820 fantasy points, so that would fit that would fit at 6500. Right. Yeah, that's so I'd agree with that one. What about, you know, if, if you're like Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin said he won't be 100%, but he's the guy in Seattle. Any interest in Baldwin? See, I thought I saw a 100% all year. So that worries me a little bit, especially week one. One of the things that's nice about Russell Wilson is you don't have to necessarily play a receiver because he's able to do with his legs. I get it if you want to play Baldwin. I just don't think I'm going to be able to do that here in week one until I see him. I want to see him actually run, move, and do something before I right. invest the money on him. You want to see what when he says, what does 90% mean? What does 85%? You know, like what, when he says he's not 100%, what, what are you getting from Doug Baldwin in that case? Exactly. All right. And speaking of guys who are number one receivers for a, t- a quarterback where you really don't take receivers – uh, Chris Hogan is 6,100. Uh, any interest in Hogan with Julian Edelman out? I, I think it's fine. Can you name me the other receivers who will start for the Patriots on uh, Sunday? Um, it's, oh, it's what's it's the, the return guy. The Cordero Patterson. Yes, Cordero Patterson. And I forget who the third one is. I have Philip Dorsett. Yeah. It's like Hogan's like your cash game. If you want to go this route, 6,100 tends to be a little high on him. Looking at his game logs, 22 was his highest point total a year ago. It, it, so, I mean, that's a little X. If I want to take a deep flyer, I'm going to take Philip Dorsett because I think Brady looked at him quite a bit during the preseason. I think there's some other uh, – like, Dorsett's going to be a great pivot for me away from Keelan Cole down in that range. And I don't think anybody's going to be on Dorsett's. But if he has a little bit of Brady's trust, and he was there a little bit last year, 3,700, nobody's going to be on him. We we know what happens when a Patriot player gets chalky that's not named Tom Brady or Gronkowski. They tend to kind of disappoint. I don't mind taking a flyer on Dorsett. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting call. The, the, the trust with Brady has always been a thing where when he's maybe not had struggles but hasn't had that the, the MVP level Tom Brady performance, it's often because he's with guys who he hasn't spent enough time with in practice and hasn't worked with enough to where he's got their stuff down. Because once he's got your stuff down, he can hit you blindfolded from a mile away. He just has to get that level with you. So I think if, if he really has that stuff down with him, uh, I think he could easily be a, a, a very sneaky play at a very low price. I mean, I know that for the third preseason, he would call all four targets for 36 yards. That's probably about half of work, so. Yeah, that, and for no money, if you can get six catches for 72, I don't think you can. Uh, Again, yeah, you don't need money scores. That's just gravy. That's just bonus for you. For sure. All right, let, going another step down. Uh, let's start with everyone's favorite receiver, Josh Gordon. No, he won't start. All right, no interest. I agree. Uh, I I am very happy to let him prove me wrong. Week one, exactly. I just I have no interest in him. What was his best game last year? It was eighteen and a half. Granted, it was against Pittsburgh. Imagine that. It was it's like I mean in week seventeen, or in yeah in week seventeen <laughs> he had seven four catches for one hundred fifteen yards. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you. And that's that's barely 3x value. I know the talent's there, but he's missed a lot of preseason. I'm you know new quarterback. I'm yeah. If he if he goes nuts, congratulations. I will miss that train every single time. Yeah, he is one of the very few players I can say between all my best balls and all my season longs who I have zero stocks of. I don't think I have him either. 
Uh, but let's let's go down one player on the on the board. A hundred dollars cheaper, Demarius <laughs> Thomas. We were talking. About we were talking about how they could, could really pick apart the Seattle defense. Any interest in Demarius? Gosh, I love Demarius. He's the only not Bears jersey I actually have. Because <laughs> he, he won me some fantasy titles a couple of years ago, and in that fifteen hundred dollar Alfred Blue lineup that where I won him. So I like Demarius, but I'm not ready to play him yet. In fact, who I'd rather play for 700 cheaper is Emmanuel Sanders, who Keenum was looking at quite a bit this preseason. So, I mean, Sanders had a pretty good preseason. He's probably more of a PPR guy. So for 700 cheaper, 5,000, I think he's going to kind of get lost in that mix where people are going to pay down for receiver with the Coles and a few other players that we'll mention here. People are going to pay up for the Keenan Allens, the Browns. I think this is kind of a dead range, and I don't mind Emmanuel Sanders, especially in PPR setup. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think I think by the end of the season, Sanders is that number one receiver, especially in the fantasy world. And for all those who know my Demarius Thomas, yes, I actually picked against him, so there can be, I can be somewhat neutral at times. <laughs> All right, let's 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 start to, towards the bottom of the barrel. Let, let's look at guys under five k. Uh, I think the one that a lot of people might be looking at, Marquise Goodwin. He's in a tough matchup, but he's a name that a lot of people have been talking about this offseason. I I have a ton of him in best ball, and then come draft season, everybody else is taking him in the fifth round. Like I can't even do that. So. He's what I like. I just don't like him this week against Minnesota. I think this is a tough enough defense. But I don't think he's the worst tournament play. Like he's got that he's got that big play upside at forty six hundred. Basically, if he catches like a like five for sixty and a score, he pays value off. So he's not the worst play. But I I don't know. I, I don't tend to see myself going towards him this week. But I get it. You know, um, if you like the Saints passing game. You you get your choice, Cameron Meredith at 4,400, Ted Ginn at 4,300. Your preference for which one? Um, I mean, like, the, my go-to thing is just Ted Ginn, Cam Meredith <laughs> only did anything in the fourth preseason game. I yeah. don't trust him as a guy in the offense right now. I'd much prefer Ted Ginn. I think I'd prefer uh, Traquan Smith over Cam Meredith this week, although I, w- I don't think I'd play either of them. Uh, of the two, I think I'd take Ted Ginn. Treacon Smith, 3,500. Is he going to start, or is he going to have a role in this week I, one matchup? I think he's going to have more of a role than uh, Meredith is. Because like I, like I said, if you're just going based on guys who played in the third and the fourth week of the preseason, Traquan didn't play. Traquan was set. Like... So that's why I just think of the two, I definitely take Traquan over. I think he's going to be the third receiver to start the year. I mean, I I like it too. Thirty five hundred. He was one I tried to get some drafts, but unfortunately, some other savvy people got him before me. Yeah, he's he's either number three or four as I'm looking at the same step chart because they have Thomas and Ginn as the starters, and then Meredith and Traquan Smith as a, as a second yeah, string. It's, it's just right. It's just which one you think is going to take that third spot. And I'm going off of the fact that when all the starters were weren't played, uh, Cam Meredith still played. No, well, that makes sense. There's your mill- there's your Millie made play. There, people are targeting the Saints. They're going to look at Ginn. They're going to look at Meredith. They're going to Thomas and Kamara. They're not going to look at Traquan Smith. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the kind of guy who, if he can go off, you can make a lot of money. On a yes, who costs you absolutely nothing. Okay, so oh, go ahead. Please go ahead. I I would say down at this range, you might as well talk Keelan Cole. Poor Giants defense, no Marquise Lee. I think he's going to be the chalk down here. If you're playing on FanDuel, he's 4,500 minimum salary. I don't see how you avoid him on FanDuel. DraftKings, 3,800 is still a bargain. I think there's enough pivots here that in tournaments you can get away from Keelan Cole if you want, but boy, that's such a cheap price. Yeah, I, you're getting a number one receiver, no question. Yeah, uh, he's. I really like him uh, this week. Yeah, that Giants pass defense wasn't good last year, and it hasn't gotten all that much better. So I think he could really feast on them. Now there are some pivots 
in this range. Like, as I said, I keep, I keep going back to this Chiefs-Chargers game, but Mike Williams had a heck of a preseason. He's 3,900. Is he now their second receiver? Because it's either him, Tyrell Williams. I don't think it's Travis Benjamin. So yeah. 3,900, Mike Williams. Boy, that, that might be hard to pass up, especially if you want to pay for, like, Antonio Brown instead of Keenan Allen. Yeah, you were, you were talking about going for that, that triple stack, or as you said, if you want to take a part of that offense and not have to worry about paying up for Keenan Allen and paying up for someone else instead. Yeah, I think that could definitely work. I think they're going to they're gonna be, at least for the first half, they're going to be lighting up KC, and this could be a shootout. So, yeah, I think he could definitely get some catches because you know that Allen's going to get some, and in theory... Antonio Gates might get some in the red zone, but outside of that, someone else has to catch the ball, and that's where I think he comes in. Yeah, I mentioned we were talking about Mike Evans. My kind of flyer guy here is Chris Godwin at forty one hundred. I mean, I think he's probably the second best receiver. Whether or not he starts over Deshaun Jackson, I don't know. But when I look at his game log, I mean, last four games last year, eleven eight. The fantasy points, 2.8, 12.8, 27.1, including uh, seven catches for 111 yards against the Saints week 17. I, I don't know how many people are going to be in the Saints-Bucks game. You might want to chase somebody back from Tampa Bay in case this does become a shootout or garbage time. Godwin 4,100 intrigues me in tournament and is a deep tournament play only. I say, I think, what you know, because the first argument went to my head was, well, it's week 17, it was against the Saints. But if it's in garbage time, you're going to be playing the back. They're, you know, you're going to be playing those same backups you played week 17. So, yeah, I think that's actually a very interesting play. Um, he could definitely work out, but I just, yeah, he's he's one of the pivots that I think could definitely work as, as, as a cheap way to get the other side of that action. I don't remember the flow of this game, but it was 31-24, and I believe the Saints had to win in order to either get into the playoffs and or win the division to host a playoff game. So, I mean, and Tampa, Tampa, I'm sure, is in evaluation mode, but he was probably doing it against some decent defenses. What about John Ross at 3,900 against the Colts? Certainly not an elite defense there. Yeah, I John Ross is a guy I like in season long. He's not a guy I'm liking in week one right now. I just... He, he's another one where it's. I understand he has the talent. I understand he should have the ability. I just need him to show me that he's going to do it first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I'm fine with that. Um, last guy I'll throw out, again, another preseason darling who we've played before in fantasy, John Brown, 3,700. I worry about how much Baltimore actually has to throw in this game, but he almost seems like he could be taking Crabtree's role as the best receiver on the Ravens. At 3,700, I'm Full on Buffalo in any regard, any 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 interest there? I I think all my stocks of Crabtree are yelling, "Don't do it, don't do it." But yeah, I I think he could be the the guy uh, on this team. Me, me, the thing is, it's another one where it's like maybe not week one. That's the thing. Like, I definitely think by the end of the year, John Brown could be the number one receiver on this team. I'm just not sure it's this week. And I'm not sure in a game that, as we both said, it, I, we, you know, it's going to be a blowout by the second half. Yeah. Other deep flyers, Brandon Marshall, if you really wanted to pair somebody up with Russell Wilson, maybe Cortland Sutton for, for Denver, who's been playing well. But outside of that, again, outside the Patriots receivers, I'm not really seeing much down here. Yeah. I mean, the, the one guy who I've, I like, I don't know if I play him, I love Paul Richardson. Ooh. He's going to do a lot. He's 3,900. I love Paul Richardson. Um, mm. I don't know what his role is going to be, but someone's got to catch the ball, ball in Washington, and he's the guy I like the most out of all their receivers. Is Crowder, Crowder was battling an injury. What's his? Because if Crowder's out, that might. Crowder is questionable. Uh, Groin. But he still seems to be on track for week one. Okay. Because he was, he was healthy enough to take part in pregame warmups in the fourth preseason game. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll probably get you'll probably get Richardson. You'll probably get anybody from Washington, not maybe Adrian Peterson, below five percent because nobody's going to go to Washington with all these other options. For sure. Yeah, those are uh, those were really the only other deep ones I was going at. Let's continue with Washington. If Jordan Reed plays, are you playing Jordan Reed? We'll switch to tight end. 
think, oh man, it's, it's week there, one. He's a Q yeah, by his name. Say, there's Shock. always a chance. Yeah, he's, he's got a toe injury. I know that's shocking. Like, I think he might be chalk here at tight end. Like, I think people are going to look and say, oh, well, he's somewhat healthy. He's 4,000. He's a top five talent tight end. Mazel play him while he's healthy. Like, for me, if I'm going to pay down, I'm not playing Jordan Reed. I instead am going to play Tyler Eifert at 3,400. We've seen the Colts struggle against tight ends in recent years, and Eifert is a red zone threat. Like, all he literally has to do is score, like, get two catches for 10 yards and a touchdown to pay off 3,400. He's got upside for six for 60 in a score, maybe two touchdowns. I love his upside at 3,400. He's kind of my default tight end I'm going to in my early lineup builds. Yeah, Tyler Eifert, to me at least, has always been Jordan Reed light, where he's, you know, he, he gets hurt a little bit less, but when he's healthy, produces le- a little bit less. Like, he he's also an oft-injured guy. He can he can do well when he's on the field, but he's not on the field enough to really do it. Very touchdown-dependent, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, we know, you know, New England wide receivers are always tough. What about their tight end, Rob Gronkowski? 6,900 because Matt is fun. Very nice price. So, so we're saying we're playing the off-field narrative on Gronk <laughs> at that price. Yeah. Um, I mean, he actually stayed healthy for what, almost all last year. Um, so did he play in this game against Houston? Yeah. Ten, 8 for 89 in a score. I think you can always pay up for Gronk. I just, he's one guy that every time you pay up for him, it's like this is the three for twenty three game, so I never get Gronk right. So I'm probably not going to play him just for that reason. And again, either there's nobody else really before the value range. Like Kelsey's fine, but I'm not paying up for him. I'm not going Greg Olson. Delaney Walker's already battling injury. Same with Evan Ingram. I mean, I don't mind Ingram at forty seven hundred without the injury. I mean, Heck, Vance McDonald had 160-plus yards against Jacksonville in the divisional round a year ago. So My my problem with Ingram, and everyone's talking about how well he did last year, but, like, he did well last year when it was literally him and two guys they played. <laughs> like, like, when there are other... Severus King and Roger Lewis. Right. When, when you have Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and all these other guys who actually will command... Targets. I don't know how much Evan Ingram's going to get for you. Saquon Barkley too. Yeah, no, I think I think it's fair. Maybe he's one to kind of take a week off of wait and see what happens. Especially when you can play some of these value guys down here. Like you can take a flyer on Jack Doyle at thirty six hundred. Where are the Tampa tight ends? They're probably fairly cheap, aren't they? They are uh, thirty one hundred for AJ Howard, three thousand for Cambry. I mean, good luck trying to figure out what to do it, but. That's a again. If we think Tampa's going to throw a lot, they don't have a ton of receiver. You could do worse than that, and again, a touchdown pays off their salary. And both of that's both of them are extremely plausible. I'll say it's just figuring out which one is which is the problem. Going right up a little bit, and you were talking about guys who are who are two tight ends. Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron both got a lot of preseason <laughs> uh, pump. Eric Ebron, especially late in the preseason. If you're picking one, are you going with Doyle? I think Doyle's the safer one. Ebron's probably the better touchdown threats. But again, the problem is it's actually trusting Eric Ebron to actually catch a ball in the red end zone, not drop it. So, I go Ebron in that case. But again, my problem here is I'll just pay up the extra $100 for Tyler Eifert. For sure. I, yeah, I totally agree. And what about David Njoku? He showed some real strides late last year. And he's going up against a defense that has covered the tight end well as of late. But if you're staying off of Josh Gordon, I don't know how your feelings are on Jarvis Landry. Someone's got to catch this ball when they're down 35 in the second quarter. Like Duke Johnson. Oh, you're right. My bad. Uh, but if so, I love Duke Johnson. <laughs> but do you have any interest in Joker? Uh, not yet. Because I kind of want to see how he meshes with Tyrod. I kind of want to see what happens when Baker Mayfield comes in. Like, that's, that's I still think he's a second question with him. He's like a high talent upside, but until I see it a little more consistently, I'm not ready to go there yet. He's no Gary Barnage. <laughs> well, that that was my my second comment was going to be obviously it's not happening this week, 
But when Baker Mayfield does come in, do you think you'll take more of a Joku just because rookies tend to love, you know, those those tight ends? Yes, I would probably be more willing at that point. And, and then maybe we'll also have an idea going to do in the regular season. So I'm not ready to jump on him yet, but I get it if you want to throw him in as an upside play, just not for me. All right, let's go, because this is a position where you can get real cheap. Uh, how how cheap were you going on tight end? Um, the cheapest guy that you'd consider playing? Ricky Seals Jones at three thousand. Uh, well, here here actually, it's Antonio Gates is twenty six hundred. Are you are you gonna? Would you be interested in playing him? Why not? I mean, training camp. Rivers trusts him. It's a high scoring game. I don't have a problem with Gates at 2,600. I, I kind of forgot about him. Um, yeah, I, I, I was scrolling down. Went, oh, yeah, he's there. I think he's the cheapest you can go. I, obviously, 2,500 is, is min. But even if you go a little bit above that, I don't think there's anyone between, uh, I don't know, I guess Ricky Seals-Jones and him. Yeah, so he's the only one between 3,000, 2,600, I'd even take a long look. I mean, there's going to be some people taking a chance on Gusecki for Miami, but I just don't think he cast blocks well enough. And I'm not really sure week one I want to play anybody in the Miami offense, so I'll just pass. I know someone's going to play Dwayne Allen, thinking that, oh, they'll just do the two tight end set, but they're not. I just – he's someone I'm staying away from. Yes. Let's go to the final part of a DFS lineup, the most important, as I said, your defense and special teams – uh, the Ravens are the most expensive. Yes. The least expensive, of course, the Cleveland Browns. Who are you to almost at St. Louis Browns? I've been, I've been going through <laughs> St. Louis Browns going through a forties baseball dive recently. Wow. Um, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and look at looking at defense. Is there anyone, you know, outside of the classic three or four, the Ravens, the Jaguars, the saints, the Viking, you know, those top guys, those guys, everyone goes, Oh, that's a good defense. Who are you looking at for a defense for week one? Well, I mean, uh, the Ravens are going to be my highest on defense. The old Cleveland Browns, again, I'll just pick on Nathan Peterman all day. Jacksonville against Eli Manning, certainly tempting. If I'm paying down, Pittsburgh against Cleveland intrigues me. Like, do we really think the Browns are just going to all of a sudden turn around and be this efficient offense? I'm not sold on that. So I don't I don't think the, the Steelers are a bad pivot move. Uh, Carolina against Dallas, I mean, Outside of Ezekiel, who are we really thrilled with on the Dallas side of the ball? So, and then if I'm going to pick up Miami, Tennessee at 2,900 isn't the worst play in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been one, of the, one of the defenses I've been streaming. Uh, yeah, between season long and my DFS lineups, that's who I've been looking at. What about Me. Uh, Cincy? If you if you're not sure about Andrew Luck, if you don't think he's back 100, percent is there any interest in Cincinnati? <laughs> Where are they priced at? Twenty seven hundred. I mean, I've heard a little bit. Now, granted, this might be a bunch of Cincinnati guys I was in the league with who think the Bengals could be a sleeper defense. Maybe. I mean, I don't. I don't like picking on Andrew Luck. You know, like I try to avoid defense against semi elite quarterbacks. I think Luck fits the mold, even if he hasn't played in two years. I'm okay with it, but I'm not advocating for it. I know I'd almost rather go with the Cardinals and try to pick on Alex Smith a little bit at 2,500. I don't think Smith's a great turnover machine, but I don't know. Again, this just tends to be one where there's so much value at receiver. I think where there's value at running backs and values at quarterback and tight end. At, I just don't want to mess with any of these defenses down here week one. I'll just take the Ravens, take my guaranteed points, or what I think will be guaranteed points, and I don't want to really swing at the fences at some of these defenses and hope they get a pick six. But, I mean, that's certainly a strategy you could go with because it's so varied week-to-week on defense. Definitely. What, what's great about week one this year is we can't freak out about Bears players because they're not on the main slate. Oh, man. Because otherwise, I don't know, I think Mitch Trubisky would be my number one play for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Trubisky, Trubisky to Anthony Miller? Oh, it'd be beautiful. Trey Burton to get the triple stack, too. Uh, <laughs> Just stack the entire team with Bears, Allen Robinson, Jordan Howard. Get Tariq in, it's a PPR, you know, all that stuff. But yeah. Yeah, there you go. I tend tend to agree with you. I I think you're right on with that. Uh, The only other defense I think I was looking at, 
And I know Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson, but like mm-hmm. one man can't do everything forever, right? No. And for as bad as that offensive line is, Wilson does have to scramble. Like eventually, he might have to. He still has to find a receiver that's open. So Denver could rack up some sacks. So yeah, I get the play. I'm not going there, but I it makes sense. That was just me going like, well, if I, you know, if you're trying to get a little bit off the norm, I feel like that could be the kind of t- defense you could look at. No, I, I'd be fine with that. All right. I think uh, unless you have anything else, I think. That's going to wrap it for us. Uh, this has been the My Fantasy Fix DFS football podcast. Bennett Carroll and Skeeter Robinson, good luck in week one. See you guys. All right.